O.J. Simpson. How many of you know who O.J. Simpson is? If you look at your bulletin covers, how many of you recognize what that is from? If you got a little gray hair, you're losing your hair, you recognize that. O.J. Simpson was one of the greatest football players uh, that there was. And probably still to this day, he ranks as a top one of the great. 1968, many, 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 many moons ago, he won the Heisman Trophy at uh, USC. That's the most coveted, if you don't know, coveted college award given. He went on to the NFL. He set a rushing record the NFL. He's in the Hall of Fame today. He was an actor. He was very much beloved until something happened in June of 1994 on a Sunday night. His ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and a, a waiter from a local restaurant at her house were brutally, brutally murdered. And O.J. became the prime suspect in that. If you're not familiar with some of this, you're too young. You need to look it up when you get home. Uh, Interesting case. And what pursued over the next year was what some people called the trial of the century. And it was on TV every day. You could watch it. And in October of 1995, O.J. was acquitted of murder. In other words, he was let go. They said he was not going to be found responsible. There was a lot of controversy whether that was the correct verdict or not. Well, right after that, there was a civil trial where the family sued him, and he lost the civil trial. He was found responsible and sued for millions and millions of dollars. And there was, of course, people who were unhappy with that. I'm sure O.J. was. Whether that was a fair trial. Well, Speed ahead to 2008, and O.J. was convicted in Nevada of armed robbery and kidnapping, and he is in prison today. He'd been on the hunger strike. He still may be. I don't know, because he believes he was wrongly convicted, and he's trying to get out. And so you wonder, will O.J. ever get a fair trial? Well, in 2 Corinthians 5.10 today, 2 Corinthians, we've been in 2 Corinthians a lot on Sunday nights, but occasionally we'll jump to it on Sunday morning. We're going to look at a trial, but it's not about O.J. We're going to answer later, will O.J. ever get a fair one? But this one's about you and me, and it's tough, but it's something you really need to hear, and I need to hear. We're going to all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The fact that O.J.'s had to go to court not once, not twice, but three times on major legal issues is something... But in verse 10, listen to what it says. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, before I read on, if you're a Christian this morning, it might be easy to go, well, this is for non-Christians, not for me. That is absolutely 110% wrong. The context of this, it was clearly written to Christians. We must all, Paul's saying there, appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, while here on earth, whether good or bad. Now, folks, theologians debate whether there's one judgment, two judgments, three judgments, four. That's not my purpose this morning, and I I think some of that is, is okay. Some of it's frivolous. The bottom line is, and what should ring your bell and ring mine, is that all of us are going to stand before God, whether it's 10 times or one time. But I I think if you do it once, why do it 10 times? And let's walk through the words of this little verse are very significant. He begins and he says, for we must all appear. We must. 
Folks, the biblical word must in your English Bible is strong, but really even in the the original language, it's stronger. What he's saying here is this is unavoidable. You cannot pay your way out of it. You cannot buy your way out of it. Your mama can't get you out of it. Your daddy can't get you out of it. No matter who you are, no matter who you are here on this earth, what he's saying is this is unavoidable. We must all. All includes everyone. It's funny, in the Bible, when you see the word all, don't, don't uh, spend much time fretting about it. What it means is all. It means everyone. It means the totality of individuals and the individual within the totality. We must all appear. And the word appear means to be revealed or to be made known. And then he says we will appear before the judgment seat of God, the tribunal of God, The word here is bima, and the word bima was a significant word in the ancient culture. Three times in the New Testament, the word bima uh, is used when Jesus stood before Pilate. Pilate was at the bima. Paul in the book of Acts before King Agrippa, King Agrippa was at the bima. And here the bima, the bima was very common in and Paul and Jesus' day. In fact, when they had courts or when a, a speaker would come to town to speak or maybe when you would have uh, a judgment, the judge would stand at the bema and declare judgment. And it's very interesting. Archaeologists have found in ancient Corinth a bema. And it was solid marble, so it was beautiful, and it was seven and a half feet tall. Now, I'm, I'm five, nine and a half, so go up, go up a foot and about another uh, half there. And so you've got, it's a very tall structure, and you can imagine someone, especially if they were standing on that, looking down at you, and you uh, responding to them and having to give an answer. Folks, the bottom line is someday O.J. Simpson will stand before the beam of God. But what ought to shake you this morning, what ought to motivate us this morning, is that the Bible says that you and I will appear before the beam of God. In Ecclesiastes 3, the wisest man ever, being God's spokesman, said, I thought in my heart God will bring to judgment both the righteous and the wicked. Christian, non-Christian, every person will appear before God's judgment seat. Was O.J.'s trial the trial of the century? Maybe so. I think the old-timers would say the Nuremberg trials after World War II where they tried the Nazis was a, maybe a trial of the century. And if that would have been on television, that certainly might have been. But I want to tell you the trial that got me, has me a little more on my toes this morning is not O.J.'s or the Nazis, it's mine. We'll all be here. Young, old, in between, we all will. Now, here, let's answer this question. What's going to happen at the judgment seat of Christ? What's going to happen? What's going to happen when you stand before God? What's going to happen when I stand before God? Let me tell you, folks, when he talks about appearing before God, he says it's the lids coming off. You see, you go through life and I go through life and we, we keep our cards close to our vest sometimes or we don't, hopefully we don't say everything we think. But we hold things back, we're deceitful, we deceive ourselves. You know, when we stand before God, the lid comes off. Everything's going to be wide open, everything's going to be bare. In Romans fourteen twelve, he says, we will each give an account. This is Paul again talking as a believer. We will each give an account of ourselves to God. 
Now, I'm going to give you some things this morning. This is not exhaustive, but I think it's pretty thorough of what will happen when we stand before God, what God is going to demand from us when we stand before Him, what we're going to give an account for. And here's the first thing, and that's our speech. Our speech. We will appear before the judgment, it says in verse 10. And we will answer for the things done in the body, whether good or bad. In Matthew 12, 36, I tell you, man will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. How many of you does that make uncomfortable? Liars, it doesn't. Everybody else, that is kind of a tough verse. So when we stand before God... How we used our mouths here on earth, we're going to be accountable for. Now, let me tell you a good thing first. We're going to answer for the good things we've done with our mouth. You notice in verse 10, the end of it, the good things are bad while done in the body. Folks, judgment will not just be punishment, but it'll also be a time of rewards. It's not going to be just a time when God's going to get on to people or sentence them to hell. It's also going to be a time when God rewards people. When he says for the good things, the word good there is a great word. It means profitable or beneficial. Listen, I want to tell you, when you encourage people and you build people up, And you find something good about them and you let them know and you're positive and you're inspiring and you're uplifting. God's not missing any of that. And God's going to reward you for that. Isn't that great? That God sees every note you write, email you send that's positive, that's encouraging, that's uplifting. Everything you say to your husband, your wife, and your kids. And God is going to honor you for that. On the day of judgment. Now, here's the flip side of that. We're going to be held accountable for our bad speech, too. While in the body, whether good or bad. Winston Churchill was the prime minister of England during one of the the great, hard, difficult times of their country, World War II. And he was a great leader, but he, he nipped a little too much. And he had a sassy mouth, too. One night he had been drinking, and he bumped into an adversary of his there in London. Uh, She was known as Lady Astor, and she smelled the whiskey on him, and she said, Sir Winston, you're drunk again. And he said, Lady, you're ugly, and in the morning I'll be sober, but you'll still be ugly. Come on, that's funny. That's Later on, they got in an argument one time, and she said, if I was your husband, I'd put arsenic in your tea. And he said, if I was your husband, I'd drink it. (laughs) Now, we laugh at that, but that word bad there in your Bible, in verse 10, is not a good word. It means wicked. It means evil or hurtful. How do we think we can slander and gossip and tear people up and criticize and be negative, 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 and that someday that God is not going to pinch our ears off. I think he does a little bit of that pinching here. Man, never forget God's not missing anything. And we can't go through this life because we're too cowardly or we're too wise. We know we'll go to jail so we won't hit anybody, but we'll just tear them up here. And to think someday God's not going to hold us accountable because he is. God's going to hold us accountable for our words. Here's the second thing, and that's our behavior, our actions. 
God says you will receive what is due for the things done behaviorally while done in the body. In Matthew 10, 26. So don't be afraid of them. There's, listen, nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. That's a little uncomfortable. Romans 2, 16 This will take place on the day, the judgment day, when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as my gospel declares. Folks, the way we've lived our lives, our morals, the way we've done things, God's going to judge us. Again, he's going to judge us on the good things that we've done. Folks, here's a great, this is in Matthew. We're told that you don't give a cup of cold water to somebody that Jesus doesn't notice. And every good thing you've done, every benevolent thing you've done, every kind thing you've done, every generous thing you've done, God sees it. And the Bible says that God is going to reward you and me for the good things that we have done while here on this earth. That's great. But it also says that God sees the bad things and that we will answer for our bad behavior, not only for the good while in the body, but for the bad. Bad being, again, the things that are wicked evil, and hurtful. I wonder today how many of us think that we've done things and we've slided by and God's not seen it. Or we've slided by and we, our wife didn't catch us, our husband didn't catch us, our girlfriend didn't catch us, our boyfriend didn't catch us. And then we'll never be held accountable. I, I, I remember reading a story 14 years ago, it was in the year 2000, but a jury in Brownsville, Texas, now if you don't know where Brownsville, Texas is, it's way down in South Texas, awarded a huge sum of money to a Hispanic family, the Ballet family. And what the jury said is they had been cheated out of property by a New York City lawyer named Gilbert Curlin. The property was South Padre Island. How many of you know what South Padre Island is? It's a very nice resort area where the Ballet family owned this. And Gilbert Curlin came in from New York City in 1938, and he cheated them out of this property. And 62 years later, when he was 90, still alive and practicing law, he was called on the carpet and fined millions and millions of dollars. Folks, I want to tell you, you might get away with something for 10 years or 5 months or 20 years or 30 years or 50 years, but you don't get it square with God, someday you'll answer for that. God says there's nothing that's hidden that won't be revealed. That there's nothing concealed that won't be made open. And, you know, it's interesting, too, that word bad can also have the idea of retreating or of, or of just backing up and not doing what you should be doing. Listen, I think in the days ahead, Christians are going to have to stand their ground more than ever. But I'm afraid what's going to happen is a lot of Christians are just going to back up and compromise. And God says... You back up, you compromise, I'm paying attention to what's going on. In in verse 11, I preached on this a few Sunday nights ago. It says, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We know we're going to face judgment. We try to persuade men. We try to win men to Christ. You know, someday the Lord's going to want to know, why didn't you invite more people to church? Why didn't you witness to people? Why didn't you do everything you could to help others come to Jesus? I love a poem or part of a poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, and I'm just paraphrasing it. But he says, although the mills of God grind slowly, 
they still grind exceedingly small. And though they grind slowly with exactness, God grinds it all. We're going to stand before God someday. I don't know if this has happened here this morning, but if you've got a haughty spirit, you're prideful, <laughs> you won't be that day. You don't think this is serious, you, you'll think it's serious that day. You don't think this is worth paying attention to now, that's fine, you will on that day. We'll answer to how we lived our lives. And here's the third thing, we're going to answer for what we did with Jesus. We're going to answer for what we did with Jesus. Revelation 20:15 tells us very clearly, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown in the lake of fire. Ultimately, you see, Jesus is going to, 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 to lay it out, whether you were born again, whether you gave your life to him while you were here on this earth. It's great to be on the church roll. Great to have a family history that you can look back on, but man, you need to be on God's role more than any role that there is. Daniel Webster was a great statesman in the 1800s. He was asked one time, Daniel, what is the greatest thought that you possess? What is the thing that, that you hold on to that motivates you more than anything else? And here's what he said, that someday I will stand before God. That's the greatest thought that I have. The thing that motivates me, that wakes me up, that causes me to pay attention and to live right is that I know someday I will stand before God Almighty. So I want to ask you this this morning. How are you going to do on Judgment Day? How will you do on Judgment Day? You won't get to bring your lawyers, much as I love the lawyers in our church. You won't get to bring them. It's going to be you and God. You won't get to opt out. You won't get to slide a little money under the bema. You won't get to get into a debate with God. How are you going to do when you stand before God? I want to give you three options. And the first is this. You can pass with flying colors. Now, some of this is a little complicated. So stay with me, especially with the next two thoughts. But folks, here's the goal. The goal is, is when you die, when you appear before God, that number one, you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That when he looks in the book of life, he finds your name. And then if he finds your name and you belong to Jesus, listen, you won't have to answer for being a lost person because you're not. You won't have to answer for anything that you've done before you were saved. That's forgiven. I, I, I mentioned this story uh, about two months ago, but I want to mention it again because it applies so well. One of my previous churches, they'd had problems in the past and there were some people didn't get along. And one of them at one point had got up in the church meeting and acted ugly and and this was, must have been seven or eight years later. They were arguing, and, one, and the person said to this person, said, you remember that time you got up in that meeting and you acted ugly in church? And, and that person said, kind of threw their hands up and said, well, I'll answer to God for it someday. You don't want to. Folks, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. Listen, this is fantastic news your judgment can be a great day. 
If you belong to Jesus and you have tried, not perfectly, but faithfully to live for God when you've lost it with your tongue and your behavior, you confessed your sins and you've lived, tried to live faithfully, listen, the judgment's going to be a good day, not a bad day. How many of you want a good judgment? Amen. It's possible. Here's a second option. And again, this is, this is hard to get your head around, but it's truth. Some people are going to pass, but it's not going to go well. This is a Christian. You're going to pass. You're going to go to heaven. But there's a reason he said in verse 10, we will receive what is due. What we did here on earth, whether it's good or bad. In 1 Corinthians 3... Follow this. This is talking about the Christian. If anyone builds on this foundation, Jesus, using gold, silver, or costly stones, good stuff, with your life, you're building a great foundation in Jesus. Or wood, hay, and straw, not so good. Their work will be shown for for what it is. At the judgment, God's going to bring it all to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of your work and my work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. That's what we want. If it's burned up, he will suffer loss. Listen, he himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. I don't understand this, but I'm going to take the Bible for what it says. How a person can get into heaven but be spanked before they get in is what the Bible says. You can go find a preacher. He'll tell you different. That's what the Bible says. Loss of reward, absolutely. Having to go through why you you didn't serve, you didn't tithe. I think about preachers, so many preachers and ministers I know who who just didn't stay true to the end and didn't stay faithful. And they're going to have to answer to God for that if they don't get it right. But I think about so many church members, people who are really saved, but who never gave it up to Jesus. Who never followed him with all their heart. Just never jumped on board. The Bible says someday it's all going to be laid open. It's going to be laid bare. And you're going to answer for it, and so am I. You see, you can pass with flying colors, or you can pass and it not go so well. Folks, this, is, it's not, this isn't original with me, so I can say it's a great quote. Some people are going to have a safe soul, but a lost life. A safe soul, but a lost life. Here's the third option. You can fail completely. What does it mean to fail completely? Well, it it means that on the speech and the action things, it's not going to go well. But ultimately, Revelation 20, 15, for whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. See, there's going to be people, unfortunately, some people in this room, if you died today, 
you'd fail completely. You know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus. We started off with this. Will O.J. ever get a fair trial? Absolutely. So will you. So will I. It'll be completely fair. It'll be completely righteous. There won't be any phony baloney, silliness. It'll be straight up. In my first little church, we, we, we sang out of a hymn book called the Heavenly Highway Hymn Book. And, and there was an old song in there about the judgment day. And the refrain, it went like this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready for the judgment day? And I would ask you, if yours is this afternoon, are you ready? Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, certainly we've looked at a lot to grapple with. And, man, I would encourage you, whatever you need to do to be square with Jesus, do it today. And this morning, if you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you're a Christian, where you're seated, would you pray with me? And would you just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. And Jesus, I believe, I accept that you're God's son and that you died and that you arose for me. And Jesus, today, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Let me have your attention just for a second. We're going to stand in a moment. If you just pray and ask Christ in your heart or you're ready to do that, when we stand, would you come today? No better time than today. Would you come and give your life to Christ? Our men will be down here waiting on you. Come and settle that with Jesus. Maybe today is the day that you'd like to join the church when we stand. Slip out and come. That's one way you can join is by coming this morning. Come and do that. I know many of us here are Christians. And the truth is, if we stood before God today, it'd be shameful. I want to encourage you where you're standing or at the altar or with a minister. Repent of what you need to repent of. And make a commitment today. That you're going to live your life in light of the judgment of God. Let's stand. As God leads you, you step out. You come. We'll be waiting on you this morning.